Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys, because... This could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, episode 125. How can I hypnotize Mike, my husband, to pick up his towels? <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you've experienced any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet to Kardashian immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. And today, I'm so very excited to bring on as our guest, one of my best friends, Shauna Kikorian. And I'm so excited to meet her. This is one of your first friends you've had on here. I know. <laughs> We've had a lot of my friends. We need more of Susie's friends. I know. <laughs> I, I, yes, we will do it. And she is so awesome. Shauna, just like Allison and myself, is a successful entrepreneur in the entertainment industry, and she is also a healer. She's kind of just like you. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it just in different different aspects, different yeah. healing, different entertainment. But that's cool. Pretty darn similar. That's why you're friends. Yep. And hopefully she'll be my friend too. Mm-hmm. Shauna first started her professional career in the world of music, and today she is co-owner of Media Horse, a successful music publishing and licensing company. But Shauna also had a drive to explore the realm of healing, and in 2009, she graduated from the Hypnosis Motivational Institute with honors and opened her private practice. Today, she balances both a career in music and her healing practice. Yes, and I can't wait to delve into talking about the subconscious with her because this is something that I'm just fascinated with. Because if you don't know about hypnosis, get ready to be rocked. Maybe she will hypnotize us, Allie. Ooh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be hypnotized. Will I quack like a duck? On yes, demand? yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> and if you're looking for a hot new sexy handbag to hypnotize your friends with, you like what I did there? I do. <laughs> That's pretty dope. We have the bag for you. We're so excited to partner with Gunas, which is America's first 100% vegan handbag brand. And ladies, these handbags are amazing. We even, we just did a photo shoot with them yeah. on Sunset Boulevard. We got looks, <laughs> we got whistles. We got I, honked at. And I'm, and I'm obsessed with their style. Yes. And we also love the ethics of the company. They do have great ethics, and that photo shoot was amazing. These bags are made without any animal byproducts. That means no silk, no wool, no leather, no fur. Even the dogs like that. We can hear them in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore, no guilt. Instead, they're made from high-quality man-made materials, as well as recycled plastic bottles, awesome, and upcycled textiles. And part of the sales go to support animal and environmental charities, and they also donate surplus stock for fundraising 
and charity events. I mean, could this brand be any more <laughs> ethical? I, it's I don't just, think so. It's amazing. So that means when you buy a Gunas bag, you buy 100% vegan, 100% sweatshop free, 100% ethical bag. And they're gorgeous. What more could a girl want? What more could a girl want? I mean, those photos we took, we looked fucking gorgeous with those bags. So did the bags. Yes. The, the bags made the picture. We'll have to show them to Food Heals Nation. You can find them online. I'll post them on, if I haven't already, I'll post them on Instagram.com slash TV. And of course, Food Heals Nation, you know, we scored an exclusive discount for you. That's right, because we get you the discounts. Yes. Go to <laughs> GunasTheBrand.com and use the coupon code Food Heals for 20% off your entire order. Next up, our interview with Shauna. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today we have a real-life hypnotherapist on the show, Shauna Krikorian. I'm so excited. That's right. In her private practice, she connects people with their subconscious in order to achieve their personal goals, such as breaking bad habits, stress reduction, pain management, removing blocks and fears, and increasing motivation, self-confidence, and self-love. I can't wait to speak to her, find out more about hypnosis. I'm going to ask her about those Vegas hypnotists and find out what the real deal is there. Welcome, Shauna. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. We're so glad to have you. Likewise. And Susie brought you here because you guys are good friends, so I want to hear the story. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. It took us a while to get you scheduled, but I'm so excited because (laughs) Shauna is one of my best friends. I've known you for what now? 11 years. Wow, ladies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we met through a mutual friend Mm -hmm. and we connected because I started talking about astrology and then... And my ears and eyes perked up. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been friends ever since. And I knew you when you were going through hypnotherapy school. You did. And I had a personal experience with it. I was actually one of your... My guinea pigs. Your guinea pigs, your (laughs) test cases. And so the reason I wanted to bring you on the show is because I myself have a bachelor's degree in psychology. And when we talked about the subconscious in school... And when I even saw a hypnotherapist, when they brought him into our dorms one Friday night, made people cluck like a chicken. Oh, um, a stage hypnotist. Yes. Wow, okay. I would look at it and go, I don't really, and even reading about it, I'm like, I don't really know if I believe this shit. Like, subconscious, what? Uh, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then watching you go through school and kind of learning, I would pick your brain. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, tell me what you're learning. And I remember you watching your videos, you were explaining it to me. And then when I was lucky enough to be one of your guinea pigs, I had a really interesting experience. And I had my own personal experience with hypnosis once before, which I told you about a little bit earlier today, where I, someone was doing a special and I was like, I'll try it. And this is before I think I knew you. And I didn't really get any effects from it. I had a very, it was like a deep meditation and then when I had when I went in to be one of your guinea pigs, I had a, a much deeper experience than a that I expected. Mm-hmm. Starting with when you did the induction. Actually, wait. Should we save that? Should I ask? Should I ask you what the heck hypnosis is first? Should we tell <laughs> our guests <laughs> that? Yeah. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about hypnotherapy? Okay. Well, hypnosis is a state of consciousness in which the person is very relaxed and very alert and focused, and also very open and receptive to suggestion. So, uh, And it's natural, right? We go in and out of it all day long. 
Yeah. So it is a natural state of being. We go in and out of hypnosis all day long. When we wake up, we pass through a stage of it. When we fall asleep, we pass through a stage of it. So it's it's a comfortable place to be and everybody can be hypnotized. People will often say, oh, you can't hypnotize me. That's not true. Right. I I think a lot of people fall under, have a misconception about what it really is. Mm -hmm. So it's a natural state that we pass through anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So if you've ever walked into a room and forgotten why you just walked in, you were actually in a state of light trance. If you pass, you know, your off ramp on the freeway and it's, you know, something. do that all the time. Right. You're actually in hypnosis. (laughs) I've done it like five times this week. We we all do, right? (laughs) Because we're just kind of daydreaming about other things, but daydreaming is a form of hypnosis. Which is weird so. to think about because you want to, you think you're, I'm driving a car, I'm super alert, but no, you can actually you're physically, on autopilot. Dr- you're on autopilot. You mm. could physically drive your car, you're not hitting anybody, but you cannot be aware of where you are or what, you know, you can just keep going. Mm-hmm. Falling in love in the beginning stages when you're, all your thoughts go mm. back to that person, yeah. that's actually a stage of hypnosis. So I have a question. What's the difference between truly hypnosis and coming into an office like yours and like what you see in Vegas? Because it's like, I've been to those shows where they're hypnotizing people to quack like a duck and do all these things. And they're really, really entertaining. But when you walk away, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. The hypnotist did that. And then my friends are like, oh, that was so fake. And I'm like, no, it wasn't fake. But you know, like, what is the difference between those two, like the entertainment factor and and the true hypnosis state that you can help bring your clients to as well as we're all in at various times, like you were just talking about getting off the freeway at the wrong exit, which I'm so guilty. (laughs) Right. I know we all are. I love that question. And I get asked that a lot. So a stage hypnotist is a hypnotist who is very skilled at recognizing the signs in a person that would show that they are what we call somnambulist. A very small percentage of the population are natural somnambulists. And a somnambulist is somebody who is already walking around in a light form of hypnosis or just they are hyper suggestible. Can you say somnambulist three times fast? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I can give Sorry. it a shot for you. Susie, is that like a voiceover exercise for you? Somnambulist, somnamb. No. <laughs> it's, all it's, hard. Gonna, it's a hard one. It's not going to help anybody. Yeah. Okay, so a somnambulist. Now, it's really funny because I myself participated in one of these shows in the past year. Uh-huh. I went to Vegas and my husband's cousin loves to go see, I forgot his name, Anthony, somebody in Vegas. Anyway, he's really good at what he does. <laughs> and and I was like, I've been hypnotized. Let's see. If we... So I went up there and they sent me away. They dismissed you. Yeah. So what they do is they come up, they, they have you do these inductions. They have you hold your arms out in front of you and the, the different ways they do the testing. And then they watch the faces. They watch the eyes. The wa- they watch the way you react. And they can tell who in that crowd is going to be a somnambulist. So maybe they call up 30 people and they send 25 back to their seats. Wow. And they know, they're so skilled that they know that this very small percentage they can actually put into such a deep trance so they can have them barking like a dog. Um, this is 
fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it wouldn't stay like at some point, those people would snap out of that, even of without the hypno- hypnotist, you know, counting them back out. You wouldn't just continue. People have asked me that. If they never brought you out, would you do that the rest of your life? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> it would have, you would eventually you would pop out of it at some Why point. Why is that? Because you just naturally do. You would pop back out. But those people are still in a, a state that we call hypersuggestible. So anything that's coming at them, they're feeling extremely strong. And when you have somebody come to you who's hypersuggestible, you actually bring them out of hypnosis first. You put them deeper into hypnosis and then you bring them back out and you you set it so they can't keep slipping back in. It's a process. This is yeah. so interesting. It is mm-hmm. because I remember I watched the show once and then I tried to participate and then wound up watching again because he sent me back to my seat. Susie, you're not highly suggestible. Yeah. I guess I'm not. <laughs> you don't want to be. It's, no. it's better to be not overly hyper suggestible. No, Everything I was okay. you feel is so I was so okay with it because I was yeah. up there and they were like, they were like giving us these funny suggestions. They're like, you're playing a guitar. Now you're playing it with your butt. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't want to play a guitar with my butt. <laughs> and and I, got, I went back to my seat and then I continued to watch the show. And I was thinking, I was like, these people can't all be acting because this guy does this every night. Right, and I'm right, like, this right. can't be acting. Right. And it's of course, pretty- there probably is a couple that are just yeah. hands that want to be on stage. Yeah. But there are people that are that suggestible. They can wow. fall into that. Well, yeah. he w- they wouldn't be so successful if there weren't. Right. Right. Because exactly. then you'd rely on people's performances or whatever. And it's just, it's just and it, it's so funny. It's so like the thing they have them do are so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So Susie, I want to go back into what you were saying about your experience, but real quick first, Shauna, can you tell us some of the benefits of hypnosis and how it can help people? And then mm-hmm. let's hear Susie's story and experience. Mm-hmm. Well, hypnosis is so effective because it goes deep into the subconscious. Whereas modern therapy works with the conscious mind and therapy is great, especially if you have a great therapist, but hypnotherapy goes even deeper than that into the subconscious. The subconscious mind is 88% of your brain, whereas the conscious mind is 12%. So if you're working with 88% of the brain, you're going to have a more high success rate. So hypnosis is great for fears and phobias. It's great for dealing with anxieties. It's great for behavior modification and changing habits. It's great for quitting smoking. It's also great for dealing with depression, inner child issues, wounds, things from your past that are that you just continue to, to carry with you. It's great to release. And past life regression. Oh, yeah. And pa- yeah, there's so many things, but past life regression, that's it's definitely something I love to do with, with clients. Yeah. I'm coming to see you like tomorrow. <laughs> that's so one thing exciting. I haven't done yet. I've really wanted to, because I know I've lived a bunch of lives. You told I'm me sure you, you were have. a warrior. Yeah. Well, she definitely, yeah. Well, you, you were with me for that. We yeah. went to this uh, seek healer in San Diego. This is before your hypnotherapy school, it right? It was. This and we was did bad. past life regression, but that was, that was a different thing. Mm-hmm. That you was, were, Susie was an assassin. I was an assassin was warrior. An assassin. <laughs> a lesbian assassin warrior in ancient Babylonia. Fuck mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Murdered by my lover. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up. I can see that in you. And me too. Yeah. That's why I believe right? it. I'm like, Susie was so badass. Yeah, she was great with a spear. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I, well, I re- I've read the book. My mom was into this stuff, and she had the book Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. I love that book. And yeah, and um, I reread it not too long ago. I'd read it when I was like a teenager, and then I reread it. And it is fascinating. It is. 
for those of you who out there are listening who've never heard of it, do you remember his name? You know what? I don't remember his name. Let's look it, it up. Such okay. a while ago that I read it. Yeah, it's an it's an old book, but um. but the doctor would have his one particular client achieve states where between her lives she would go into this like cosmos where it was kind of a dark nothingness. Well, first or he, like a universalness. Yeah. Well, yeah. first he was a psych. He's a. I think he's a shrink. He's a, he's a psycho psychotherapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an MD. But he was treating her with therapy and nothing was working. She had all these phobias and fears and mm-hmm. she was a young woman. She was attractive, but nothing. And they came across, you know, some stuff in, in her life. And he thought, well, let's regress you. Mm-hmm. He thought just childhood stuff. And mm-hmm. she went back, back, back into like past lives. And there were a bazillion of them. And he started recording it. And then he eventually wrote this book. And then, sorry, as you were saying, then after all that, you were saying she would go into the cosmos, into the yeah, in-between in lives. between lives, yeah. And she would wow. have... The energy that these energies visit and communicate to him, and it was amazing the, the the information they were pulling through her and what they were conveying that didn't just apply to her; it was universal. It was knowledge like for all of us. Life truths. It was uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, by the way. That's right. Many lives, many masters. If you've never heard of it. It's a fascinating book, and he actually also he does uh, seminars online and things like that for past life regression. But it's just it's fascinating. But I have not. I've yet to specifically go into hypnosis to delve into that. I'm kind of probably a little afraid <laughs> well, of it, what might come up. It's usually pretty amazing. And, you know, if you got to a place where it got scary, we could pull you out. If you, you know, there's always that option yeah. too, to pull you out. Why haven't we done that yet? We just haven't gotten around we to will. it. We will. Yeah. <laughs> How but many I- sessions have you guys had together and what was your experience been like? Well, we only did the one. Was it the one? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe two. It might have been two. I feel like it was a couple in your in when I when you were in school. Mm-hmm. So my experience was um, again going in there. I was a little bit more open than I had been when I was in college, and I trusted you, but I was still not really sure what I was going to get out of it. And I was just being the willing guinea pig. Mm. And I remember sitting down, and my first thought was like, "I'm going to go into. I'm going to like not remember anything." That's I remember that assumption. And then you talked about the induction, and you described it as. I was sitting up in a chair and the lights were low. Very romantic. No, just kidding. (laughs) And I remember you said, now your left arm, when you're ready to be put under, is going to raise and you're going to touch your eyebrow. And I was like, okay. Like, no, I'm not. Um, Yeah. And I remember my my hands were on the armrest and I was just sitting there. And all of a sudden, Allie, I'm going to show you what what happened. All of a sudden, I felt my wrist pop up like this. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, it. I mean, it literally jumped up like a piece of popcorn. I was like, that's weird. Wow. And then, and then it just slowly started to go like this, slowly. And then my my little my index finger just went dink. And you're like, okay, you're ready. And I'm like, that's really weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just I remembered the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I never like forgot anything. I never drifted away. And I think I was trying to resolve at that time some some emotions about a past boyfriend mm-hmm. and i i now i it's been so long i don't remember what we what we talked about during that time but then you gave me the suggestion that i was going to vent out unresolved emotion in my dreams mm-hmm. and then the session ended and that night i remember the i still remember the dream i vented so much anger in my dream mm-hmm. towards him and when I woke up, I knew that I had like gone through something. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was carrying that around. So let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about venting in dreams. 
Yeah. So one of the great things that you can work with clients in hypnosis is with dream analysis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while they're under and before you bring them up, you let them know that they're going to vent out any resolved on issues or whatever their presenting issue is, they're going to vent part of that out. And in the early morning dreams, there's three different stages to dreaming. And in your early morning venting dreams is when you have the most intense things come through yes. and where you're processing, your body is letting go of things. It can be from 20 years ago too. Yeah. It can be unresolved or can be present. And it's also the part of the dream where you really remember the most. The yes. earlier stages are much harder to remember and they're not as important. Um, this is so my experience. Just FYI, my most intense dreams are in the morning and I wake up fully aware. Mm-hmm. And going, all right, what does this mean? That? Yeah. And, it, and it can, you can feel it. You yeah. can hold it in your, you know, in your uh, yeah. body, the energy of, okay, what was that? Yeah. And so, yeah, with the early morning venting dreams, you can vent out and release old toxic things. You can release out fears. You were releasing emotions with your, with your ex at that time. There's a lot and, of anger. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had suspicions that he was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. Was and it? I never, I don't really know. He never really admitted it. But at that time, by that by the time that happened, I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. We're done. <laughs> you were ready to let yeah. him go. Yeah. yeah, but I found mm-hmm. out that he um like we were we were just not emotionally connected anymore. And I was like, Oh, let's have a date Friday. And he's like, Oh, oh, my friend got tickets to a concert. I was like, Oh, that's weird. You haven't you don't really hang out with him, but okay. And that day I happened to run into that friend at the gym. No. I was like, Oh, you guys are going to a concert? And he literally his face dropped and he started backing backing away from me. He's like, ah, uh, no, I don't really know what he's talking about, but I got to go. And he ran away from me. Cheating. And I was like. He knew he was cheating and he the, didn't want to be a part of it. What the fuck? And uh, <laughs> I was so furious. Oh, it interrupted my workout. So that was a lot. But no, he, that's yeah. extremely, extremely emotional. You're like, what's going on? You and we were living to together. Wow. Yeah, the universe is definitely giving you the signal like, hey, you know what? This is going to get louder and louder. We're yeah. letting you know yet again it's time to move on. Yeah. You know. Wow. So. Yeah. So I don't even know if he did, but I had a lot of anger. And in and in one from one session and one dream, I kind of let it go. Felt Good lighter. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can Good. you tell us how hypnosis can help us with our relationships, whether it's just working through something mm-hmm. or being more aware of like, What Susie was going through, like seeing those signs, like you said, the universe is showing us things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So hypnosis can help you uncover things within, Mm -hmm. uncover your own personal stuff, your wounds, limitations, things that you're bringing into the relationship that can be harming, harming the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it can help you with communication with understanding what your needs are, what you what you want and what you need from your partner and being able to express that can help you with le- releasing and letting things go. You can, you know, doing hypnosis, I mean, you can do group hip- hypnosis, you know, you, you and your partner could come in together and do some sort of relationship counseling. But in terms of just the, the solo, the solo, you know, coming in, there's many ways in which it can help. It kind of also depends on what you're trying to work on, you right. know, what you're trying to uncover. But it's certainly with dream analysis. That's another way to kind of tap into your subconscious mind and do like your own homework to understand what's going on in there. And there's many ways to interpret dreams, but really understanding your own symbolism and the symbols of your dreams and how they show up is is really important as well. So 
What I don't, this I don't know the question to. The answer. <laughs> this I the answer. This I don't. I haven't even been drinking. This I don't know the answer to. <laughs> what made you choose hypnotherapy? Like to practice hypnotherapy. So I'd been searching for a while. I went to visit some naturopath schools. I went and visited acupuncture schools and none of it quite sat right. I, I would visit, I would, I would spend the day and walk around the campus and all that. And it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, yes, this is it. And then I went to HMI, which is the Hypnosis Motivation mm-hmm. Institute in Tarzana. And I walked in and I took a free course. And that night it was on self-hypnosis and I loved it. I loved the teacher. I loved the course. I loved the idea of just self-improvement and ego strengthening and self-love and self-worth and all of that and all the other things hypnosis does for you. And I just knew, I was like, I, I want to help people. I want to be a part of the healing arts and I want to do it not from just a full on like a therapist. I wanted to use metaphysics as well. Yeah. So... So Shauna, one thing that I feel like a lot of people have said to me that are either my clients or people that we've interviewed is how how hypnosis has actually been kind of next level to talk therapy. And I'm not knocking talk therapy because I think talk therapy is great, but how this actually can get deeper. And I know that scientifically, you said that it does take us to a different level. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. So there's real science behind hypnotherapy and the doctors who discovered it were doctors. They were psychotherapists or medical doctors who started working with their patients and found great results. So the science behind it is that, you know, we have a brain and- um, Most we, of us. Most of us, yes. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> some, people are, some are questionable. I know who everyone's thinking about right now. I know who Susie's thinking no, about. I wasn't even, but now I am. I know. I Yeah, we won't say names, but yeah. Presidential so, candidate. Yes. Trump. Yes. What? <laughs> what? It's so funny. There, I knew I, exactly there was a, what you guys were talking about just by saying that. I know there, Susie's Trump face. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of him. I was just thinking of dump Trump. <laughs> There's a great cover on Time that I got. I, have to, I get Time in the mail. Cool. And it just said Trump you know meltdown, and it was like a it was like a wax candle of his face just kind of melting. So he's having a meltdown. He's just he's just imploding. Anyway, back to uh, hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> so most of us have a brain. And like I was saying earlier, the conscious mind is about 12%. The subconscious is 88%. So when you're born, you're born with a primitive mind, which is the, it goes back to, you know, caveman days where we were just fight or flight, where we were very much animalistic in, in our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And over thousands of years, we, you know, we grew, we evolved. And most of us, most of us. <laughs> and, um, and so now, you know, in, in modern present times, we, we have our subconscious mind, we have our conscious mind, your subconscious mind is formed from the ages of about zero to eight. And it is everything that goes in there is our what we associate as good, positive experiences and negative experiences. And so growing up, you may have positive experiences with a dog or with, you know, eating ice cream or with getting, you know, good grades and feeling good about yourself. And those go into your your subconscious mind and and start forming your identity, your beliefs about the world, your perspectives and what you believe you're capable of. 
you can also have negative associations where you, you have a negative association with a dog. So you grow up afraid of dogs or you have a negative association where you had bad grades. So you start believing that you're not smart. You're not Mm. good enough. And by eight or nine, that's pretty much formed positive or negative. It's formed and as is your belief about who you are. And then moving forward, the conscious mind begins to form. And in the conscious mind is reasoning, logic, analysis, willpower, desire, and decision-making. And so as you grow older and you're, you're going through your life, things come at you that are either going to resonate with your subconscious mind and your belief about yourself or not resonate. Mm. And you can consciously know things like, I, I want to quit smoking. And you may have the desire for it. And you know all the reasoning to quit smoking. But if the subconscious mind associates smoking with something that is comfortable, with something that is positive, even though the, the conscious mind knows it's negative, the subconscious thinks it's positive and it enjoys it. It's your motivation to continue to smoke. And it's that 88, it overpowers the 12%, which is why it can be so difficult to quit smoking, even when you can reason that it's bad for you. Sure. And so it's like that in, in so many other things where the conscious mind knows that you should be behaving in a certain way, that you should love yourself, that you should let go of, you know, negative emotions. But if the conscious mind or sub, excuse me, subconscious mind is holding on to it, it makes it very difficult. So with cognitive therapy, cognitive therapy is working with the conscious mind. It's working with that 12% and that can be effective. And uh, hypnotherapy cracks through that and starts working with the subconscious mind. It puts you in that deep suggestive state where you're relaxed, you're open, you're working with a, a facilitator who is now working with you on specific issues and your goals and is getting into the subconscious mind. And it starts turning those negative associations into things that are positive. And it, it just, it works at such a deep level that it really, it, it elicits change quite fast. Without giving away, obviously you can't talk about things that are confidential without giving away names or anything. Can you tell us some examples of people who have been able to shift something phenomenal in their lives? Absolutely. So a client of mine that came to me who was had very low self-esteem and was not doing well at work, and though she was very smart, just had so much going on about her belief systems from her childhood and stuff, parental things, and came to me with with these issues and, and terrible anxiety and started working with me. And we started uncovering different stuff that had gone on in her childhood, getting to origin, understanding where things come from can be very therapeutic. It, it yeah. can release a huge amount of it. And so understanding the origin of, of some of your issues and then working th- working on that. And then moving forward, after I would say two months of working together, she began seeing a lot of change in her life. And by the end of six months of working together, she went from being number 50 around that in her company to number seven. And by the end of, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't want to say what she was doing, but she has a a high level job. And at the end of the year of working together, she was number three at her company. Oh my God. Yeah. She'd always had the smart. She had the tenacity. She was a hard worker. It was the belief. It was Mm -hmm. the letting go of resistance to success. It was letting go of the anxiety. It was letting herself shine and come through. 
And so that was a longer therapy, you know, a year, but it was, it was. It isn't that long. It's not that long. I was in talk therapy for 11 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 11 years, ladies. And I still had the same, I knew a lot more about myself. Uh I was a lot more loving and accepting and, but 11 years is a long time. So one year is not that long. Uh (laughs) To make great change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my beloved cousin always tells me that, you know, and I was the one who talked him into getting therapy, that therapy is like going to the gym for your body, but it's, it's for your brain. It's just dumping out this, you know, we need to talk, especially ladies, we love to talk, we love to vent, we love to get stuff out. We love to understand it. It's helpful to do that. But and it's also strengthening your mind. You're not only letting stuff out, releasing, releasing resistance blocks, all that. You're strengthening the mind for positivity, for love, for believing in yourself, for having a happy life, for believing it's possible. But yes, and that's huge. Yes, but at the same time, if eighty-five percent of our brain is our subconscious, that's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and you got to believe. You got to rework all that. And you know what's so interesting too is just on my way driving over here, I was listening to NPR. And they were talking to a guy who is – no, he utilized – he was a Wall Street day trader and he utilized a trading coach. So I guess that's a thing now for, for traders <laughs> cool. is to have a coach, right? Like a life coach, whatever, but specifically for, for the trading, job. Yeah. And the woman that really pioneered this was a trader herself and also has some sort of degree in neuroscience mm-hmm. and was just talking – talked to them just about what you were saying about like – you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of guys that have a drive for a lot of money and power probably come from a place where they didn't have it or they need to prove themselves or they didn't feel worthy. And, and, and there's a, and she was specifically talking about how, especially how in trading, like you'll make a lot and you'll lose a lot mm-hmm. and then you'll make assumptions and you'll have beliefs and, and all this stuff. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of talk therapists would benefit in using hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And a lot think? more now are. Yeah. My mom is a talk therapist and she's amazing and she's getting certified in hypnosis so she can now use that. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I think it's becoming more and more of a trend for therapists. And can you tell us a little bit about the history of hypnosis? Because I feel like some people listening might think, oh, this is like some new age thing, hippie mm-hmm. thing. But this has been around. Look into my eyes. <laughs> into my eyes, you're getting sleepy. Um, yeah, the history is really interesting. So in 1765, a German doctor by the name of Franz uh, Mesmer discovered that he could use his power to magnetize people under his control, to be under his control. Okay, what do you mean by magnetize? So he actually used magnets. He discovered that oh the mag- <laughs> he, he discovered the magnets didn't mean anything. It was part of a show. But he was finding that because people believed that in the magnets, mm. um, that that helped. It was power of the mind. And basically what he was doing was he was putting them into a suggestible state long before that even that phrase even existed. Uh-huh. And he was helping them. He was helping pe- a lot of women, too, that were hysterical, people that had different ailments, that had, you know, depression long before these these words were mainstream. This is before Freud. Yeah. Yeah, it was 1765. Oh and it gosh. was when medicine was barbaric. They were still, like, cutting people and doctors didn't know to wash hands be- between surgeries or at all. Uh-huh. You know, so it was a completely different time. But he ended up becoming a celebrity because he was a showman and, you know, the noble courts all wanted him to come in and perform. And he was doing, he was actually really helping people. And he believed that people were deplete, were depleted of their animal magnetism. 
and that he was able to transfer his magnetic energy into people, which in, in a way, you know, there is something to that. I mean, we, we don't have animal magnetism, but he was transferring energy okay. into people that needed needed to believe in themselves or needed help yeah. long before that existed. And so over time, the, the medical association did everything. They didn't like him. They did everything to debunk him. And, and over time... But then at the same time, they weren't the greatest in the greatest shape either. No, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. They were giving uh, mercury elixirs to their patients. So yeah. it's not like you could Who really... doesn't need a little mercury? Right? Oh, but he was a rock star in his time for a while there. I mean, Mozart was a fan. And mm. so he, he was an interesting guy. And then about 80 years after him... Dr. James Braid from, uh, he was a Scottish surgeon, discovered that, and he did coin the term hypnosis, that he could put his patients into the sleep light trance, even though they're awake, but they were highly suggestible. And he used the word suggestible as well, where he could give suggestions for positive change and it was working. It was, a, it was effective. And he got the word hypnosis from the Greek god hypnos, which means to sleep. So the term hypnosis has been around for almost 200 years because that was the 1840s when that when that happened. And then it just evolved from there. And it evolved from there. He was accepted. He was a great doctor. He was accepted. He wrote a lot. You know, he wrote about it a lot. He was, you know, published. And then more and more people, doctors started, you know, following that or utilizing it. And then stage hypnotism came about. And then it just grew from there. It's absolutely fascinating. Have you ever done it, Allie? I've done it, but not in probably 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to hire you, Shauna. So Shauna, how can I hypnotize Mike, my husband, to pick up his towels (laughs) or do other chores around the house? Can I do that? Is that possible? Sure. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Is it possible? (laughs) Tell me no if it's not. We'll figure something else out. I'll play subliminal tapes when he's sleeping. (laughs) I was thinking of things that were were a little bit dirtier than that. (laughs) Yeah. That's maybe perhaps more of an exchange. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're just mean trading favors. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking more trading favors. Well, yeah. I mean, you could, you could hypnotize. He'd have to want. Let's talk about sleep because. Because that's a thing too, right? Like you can listen to, I've actually done that too, where I listen to um, from YouTube. Hopefully they're they're not playing suggestions that I don't want to be listening to because I trusted this guy, but he's, but I've listened to hypnosis tapes to fall asleep for relaxation, for anti-anxiety. So when you're in sleep, then you're unconscious. So when you're sleeping, not that relaxing music or music that's actually programmed with some messages couldn't be a positive experience it's more positive while you're falling to sleep because you are falling through that state you are moving through the stage of hypnosis once you're asleep you're actually unconscious so when you're falling asleep you're going through that hypnosis that suggestible stage yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 that can be very powerful and when you're when you're wanting to release or vent something, you say that before you fall asleep. Tonight, I want to vent out and release this issue I've been holding on in my relationship or my anger towards my partner. I want to let it go. I want to be free of this. Yes. And then you fall asleep. Or if you're going to do any kind of affirmations, the most powerful way to do that is hand, handwrite it. It's an idi- idiometer response, which means the actual cursive writing is a direct connection to your subconscious mind, as is doing it right before going to bed. So write out a posi- your positive affirmations in cursive, close your book, go to bed. That's very powerful. Um, I have a lot to say about this. Thank you, Shauna, for bringing this up. 
I was in grad school at University of Santa Monica, which is basically a school for learning to love yourself, but you get a degree. (laughs) It really is, I'm telling you. You get a degree in spiritual psychology, and really what you're learning is how to counsel yourself and others and all these various different means. And one of the things that they drill into your head from day one to the day you graduate is bedtime intentions. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. It's setting an attention of what I want to release, setting attention of what I want to attract. And they say, put your feet on the ground, you know, sit on your bed with your feet on the ground, because for some reason that's grounding and write them down. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting also about what you said about writing in cursive Mm -hmm. is, did you guys know that schools are no longer teaching cursive? They are no longer teaching cursive. And isn't that a tragedy? Sad. It is sad. Why? I have a I have a couple of cousins that are in their teens. They do yeah. they don't the fourteen year old does not know how to write in cursive. When he signs his name, it's it's like printing. Like oh my a, gosh. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I think because of they the don't see it as necessary well, anymore. It's, yeah, the rise of modern technology, like mm-hmm. we're all typing, we're on our phones, and so they don't see it as necessary. But I feel and I know that this might sound a little woohoo, and I've never heard it said the way Shauna just said it, but I feel that writing my intentions in cursive, and I don't know why, I don't have a reason, Food Heals Nation, I just feel it, that it's more, I trust it more. I feel like it's more likely to happen in the cursive. I don't know why. There's also more creative. Is that why? J.K. Rowling wrote all her Harry Potter books in, she handwrote them. On She handwrote them. Oh my God! Yes. She can started on napkins. And can you imagine though? She never moved to a computer Wait, to write all those. She wrote all of them, that's and what did, I, and so did someone type them up for her? Yeah, <gasps> that's what I've read. Is that wow. she hand wrote? She handwrites. I think yeah. it's the creativity, Shauna, that really struck a nerve with me mm-hmm. when you said that because I can write in print, and I have really good print handwriting. I always have like, and I've had people ask me to write their wedding invitations in cursive, and like I've always been really good at handwriting. I've always been fascinated by handwriting. And growing up, one of my best friends and I had the exact same handwriting, and no one else did. And it was this weird phenomenon, and I haven't figured it out, and I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but it was just very interesting. We wrote the same print and almost the same cursive and to this day her mom cannot tell the difference between our handwriting and i think it's a creativity thing i think and you just said it so it's stimulating my brain right now but when i write my prayers when i write my gratitude when i write what i want to accomplish if i write it in print sometimes i tear it up and i don't know why i know this is so weird mm-hmm. but the cursive feels like this eloquent way of expressing to the universe like what i want or what i don't want or what my intentions are or my gratitude and maybe I'm not making sense right now and I apologize. You're absolutely but making no, sense. There's totally something are. to it, you guys. Well, I want to say one more thing to support what you're saying. So as a hypnotherapist, many of us do hand, handwriting analysis. So yeah. if a new client comes to me, I have them write in cursive mm. what they want to work on, what their goals are. And then I don't let them know this, but I do it. I analyze the handwriting and that mm. tells me a lot about them. And then afterwards, I'll review it with them. By the way, I'm doing, I did a handwriting analysis on you. I have to do it uh. only in cursive. It cannot, you, you cannot, it's very difficult in print. It's, it's cursive. So, so it, you it can is a, see things about the personality from cursive more than yes, print. and it wow. is a direct connection to your subconscious mind. It's Isn't we call it an idiometer response. So your wow. subconscious mind—it's an expression. Oh my god! It's As is ex- the signature, expression. the way somebody signs their name says a lot about. I remember them. when you analyzed my signature. 
And I don't remember all of what you said, but I do remember it was correct. And I was like, oh, I was oh kind of cringing. God, I remember dang it. Was kind of, huh? <laughs> dang it. She's right. Yeah. Let's do this right now. <laughs> this is so interesting. You do it. Okay. You got to sign your name. Sign your name. Okay. I remember when you did that. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was in Shoes, it was in shoes Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should I just do so it? keep writing in cursive, especially with those affirmations or creative writing, which is, which is weird it's a because you would thing. think that that is conscious that you are moving your hand, mm-hmm. writing down words mm-hmm. with the word, you know, and mm-hmm. your name can be. I, I would think that the kind of sub. This is still always tripping me out because I will always come from that place of slight doubt where I was studying psychology and it was all about the conscious brain for the most. Psychology is mostly about the conscious brain, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it now, mm-hmm. and they would kind of slip in, and every, they get they every, get into every, the subconscious, but not as in depth as like no, it's not did. a it's not as pr- there would be like one chapter, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I remember they would slip that in and be like, or they would talk about like psychosomatic so, so disorders. They're, they're focusing on about twelve percent of what's going on. Up yes, there. yeah, yes. I mean, talk about which so- is why sociology. you were probably in therapy for eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can blame them. Sociology is about interpersonal relationship or you know what I mean or societies or interpersonal stuff and even even if you talk about like the individual it was they would I remember this it was always in like one chapter or one like half of it it was like chapter like you know mm-hmm. 7b mm-hmm. it was like a little thing like, like a cliff note this, the, the, sub, the subconscious yeah <laughs> and then they would glean over it it's like wait wait is that a real thing I remember learning about psychosomatic disorders and I'm like this is bullshit mm-hmm Okay, this is going to get interesting. Okay. I just wrote my name twice. I didn't know. I, I might have. I rewrote it. I wrote it once. And then I was like, that doesn't look right. And then I tore it up. So I wrote her another one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I did it right, Shona. Mm-hmm. You did. First, I wrote the name that I go by, which is Allison Melody, which is my middle name that I go by to honor my parents who are no longer with us. And then I did the second one with my husband's name, who is my legal name. So I wrote Allison Melody Massarelli. And I don't know why, I just did it. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing that jumps out at me is that you have very good follow through, that you are tenacious. And when you start something, you follow it through. You don't have a ton of projects that you start and then don't finish. I right? would say that's fucking dead on. Is that on, is that right? That's the opposite of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your you en- do. Your ends are really telling me that right now. It may take me a long time for some of them, but I can't not finish because then I feel incomplete. No, you finish. Let me see her ends. Well, I'm thinking about my film and my book that I'm in process on. I haven't finished. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. Yes, you your, know, your things, ends are things vindic- can take us a long time. Yeah. But, it, um, but I know I will. Mm-hmm. I'm just not mm-hmm. there yet. And that sometimes makes me feel anxious. Like, why aren't mm-hmm. I there yet? Mm-hmm. Why haven't I finished those See, yet? See, that's the opposite of me. I start a ton of stuff <laughs> and then take 10 years to finish them. <laughs> doesn't projects. mean it doesn't take me time, so say, but... <laughs> I, have, I have known you a little over a year. I would agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. It's a great mm-hmm. quality. It is. I also see that... You are an honest person and your word means a lot to you. So if you give somebody your word, then that's it. 
It's solid. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I have an inability to lie, which mm-hmm. is why I can't. There was a long time where I wanted to be in acting and I couldn't do it because I couldn't <laughs> lie. And Dan. I cannot tell a lie. And my husband knows, like, I can't even fib because he figures it out because I'm so bad. I have, like, an intrinsic need to be honest. Aww. And even when I'm working with clients where I'm like, I shouldn't tell them this. I feel the need to tell them everything and, and to make them understand why I came to the conclusion I did where most people would be like, just over, you know, give them the overview. Mm-hmm. But I have this intrinsic need to be honest. And my mom told me something when I was little. And I think Allison might mean truth, something about my name meaning mm-hmm. truth. And so that that has been a, a detriment and a <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't tell a good lie. Like if I try to hide a surprise party or something, I'm not very good at it, you know? You're like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) You're going to love it. And if I... What? Nothing. Yeah. And if I'm like telling an untruth or not telling someone something, I completely look down. Like I've got all the signs that anyone would recognize. Like I'm very incapable of telling an outright lie. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I think that's a great quality. We need more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for what I want to do in the world, which is spread the knowledge of holistic health and healing as Susie and I are doing, as you are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it does fall short in the case of the kind of more social things where sometimes it's hard for me to hold back or hide my opinions about things where I should just shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're just, you're not a small talk person. You want to be, you want to focus on bigger ideas, big picture. Let's get into this. Like, don't talk to me about like petty stuff. That's so true. Yeah. Like as as soon as Susie gets here, like we're not like, Hey, how are you? We're just like, okay, let's talk about what's going on in our lives. That's important. Like mm -hmm. we don't shoot the shit. We like talk about deep things every time, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see that. I see that here. One more thing I want to point out that, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I, I do this. want to point one out, one more thing, and this might be a whole nother, you know, episode. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. So, a whole, because it's a huge, it's a very interesting topic, but it would take a lot to really get into it. Yeah. But your whys are very big. Mm-hmm. They, they cross. A lot of people's whys, the little tail just goes straight down. Well, yeah. you make sure to wrap yours around and go back up. I love that. Yes, I do. That is... <laughs> That is usually an indicator that you would be what we call a physical sexual woman, which means that it means many things. Mm -hmm. And I would have to, we'd have to do some more testing, but this usually is an indicator. You're like, yes, yes. (laughs) So My tail is wagging. Yes. that this just uh, became a whole new show. I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like really excited and a little bit embarrassed, but I think she's on to something. So please continue. Um, it's <laughs> National Female Orgasm Day. You cannot be shy. It, it basically I means know. that you in, enjoy sex and that you're willing to have sex, that you haven't shut down to it. You're not cold, that you are is something that you're a woman who wants that. You may even have a higher drive than your man. I don't know. Yeah. And that you can also feel easily rejected if that wasn't reciprocated or that just out in the world when when talking to other people, if people aren't as open as you and, and giving as you, that you may walk away feeling a little bit like a little stung because because you are a giver and you want that energy back and maybe you don't always get it because that people don't always give it both both of those things are are very me and i'm usually more shy and reserved about that fact like 
in terms of of well i'm glad we just shared it with all your listeners (laughs) (laughs) hey we're like about to be at a year of doing this like they know me pretty well and they're just gonna keep getting to know me even better yeah and Susie too but I do feel that way, and I, I'm fascinated by the fact that... So, Susie and Shauna are good friends. I have never met you, Shauna, correct? No. Like, I've never been treated by you, though I want to now. I want to go to <laughs> go to you. But the fact that you just took all of those personality... What are they called? Traits. 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 She read them from your handwriting. From signature. my handwriting. Mm-hmm. And the sexual thing, I do feel like that... Although I've always been shyer about sex, when all all your friends are changing, like let's say you're getting ready to go out at night, I'm the one that goes in the bathroom and I'm shyer about it. I don't want to be seen when it comes to sexuality. I don't want to be seen when it comes to whether it's a friend or a loved one. I want to hide. But I also, yes, do experience like I don't know how to say it, but um, a high desire for sexual activity. And I'm married, so it's okay. I'm not slutting it around. No, it's not. LA. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do feel that way. And then uh, what was the second thing that you said? Oh. Yes, I get stung. That is true. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I try to hide that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so there are many situations where I feel like I get more and more comfortable to say more maybe outrageous things, but just be more myself in these right. situations. And then when it's not reciprocated or someone doesn't receive it well, I do take it personally. Like, oh, did I misread this? I thought yes. we were on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do do that. And then I take it personally. And I know I follow a lot of, you know, spiritual gurus. And one of the tenets is don't take anything personally. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's the hardest for me to grasp. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want to, and I feel like a lot of times I don't, but in the in the times when I do, I go, why, why, why are you taking that personally? It's and I think you. I think it's so human to take things personally. I mean, we're personal. We're we're persons. We're human sure. beings. We're having a personal experience, right? Yeah. I know I can take things personally, and I have to work on that too. And the majority of my clients, one of the things we work on is not taking things personally, not taking it in work, in your relationship, and in differentiating that's their stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take that on. I'm not going to let it invalidate who I am or validate my experience or, or you know, affect my self-worth. Well, you know, what's so funny is that we always think that when we have an interaction with someone that what they're doing has so much to do with us. When yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, they're exactly. mostly think they're stuck in their own head, thinking yeah. about themselves, yeah. thinking about what other people think of them. Yep. They don't even realize what they've done to you or what that could possibly mean. Mm-hmm. And when you do really, when you are really able to let that go and go, it has probably mostly nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm making this up in my head. And I've, and I've been so guilty of that so much of my life when I was finally able to really just be like, that has nothing to do with me and laugh about it. Mm -hmm. Things shifted, you Mm -hmm. know, but Mm -hmm. it took a while to and that was a what what a freedom to not you know like worry about that. Yeah. And that that Susie, that took me a long time to see as well. It's a process. And to realize that every single person is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have their own experiences, their own opinions. And so sometimes when someone says something to you that you could take offensively, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own experience. That took me a long time to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning it. And I'm still reminding myself of that. 
But for Food Heals Nation, I just invite you to go every time you're offended, think about what was your experience that's making you become offended at that? And what was that person's experience? You may have no idea that makes them say something Mm -hmm. like that. So there's so much more to the surface level of what you know, you're having a conversation at a party or at work or wherever we are every day at a coffee shop, you know, you have no idea where the other person is coming from Mm -hmm. if they're not, you know, your husband or their best friend. And even if it is someone you're really close to, Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't know and they surprise you and you're like, where the hell did that come from? Because it's not about me. It's about an undealt childhood emotion or something. So how does hypnotherapy help us Cause like this was this was for me one of the biggest learnings in my grad school and and we didn't do exactly hypnotherapy but we did a lot of going back to childhood memories and trying to heal them and things like that. So what does hypnotherapy do for our past issues or our past unresolved moments that we don't even know we're holding on to? How do we get to that and how does that help us move forward? Hypnotherapy really helps to rewrite the script in your mind, the pattern of thinking, that tape player that plays over and over, the story we tell ourselves. We get so into our story. Yeah. This is who I am. This is my past. Yeah. This is this is this everything about my past has led me to who I am today. And hypnotherapy helps you to to get in there and rewrite that or just completely let it go. But it helps you to to create a new thought pattern of joy and happiness and let go of the stuff that doesn't work. I just saw a total straight collision of what we were just talking about versus this. Mm -hmm. Um, So how like the story you tell yourself and also your memories or what you were talking about when the year year zero to eight where mm-hmm. our subconscious is being formed and that's good and that's bad and we and all feel rejection as and kids. we're coloring it and we're making assumptions and like yeah people kids can be mean adults can be mean and you'll you'll think oh uh, men with red hair are mean or you know white puppies are the best or whatever <laughs> you know it's like and you're making these patterns that really may or may not serve you in your future mm-hmm. and I, it made me and think then you of, hold on to them for dear life you hold on to your identity and, and it's just and what you just said is so powerful your story yeah um it's like you're following a script and i'm a writer and an actress and i love scripts but you know what to be functioning from one that your subconscious structured for you without you even knowing just yeah. so that it like it thinks it's keeping you alive mm-hmm. that's right that's what you're talking about the primitive mm-hmm. brain that's why it's functioning that's you know like st- stay away from fire and snakes and also stay away from mm-hmm. you know Love I went happiness. to Catholic school <laughs> until third grade and I had to wear this plaid jumper and I freaking hated it and it ri- reminded me of oppression. And so every time I see plaid, I think of oppression and I don't want to wear plaid. <laughs> but what's wrong with plaid? It has nothing to do with that. It's just an association I made. And so yeah. it's 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 so interesting to but me. In, but that is how it works. Like a, a, the plaid association, you know, we have an experience where we're rejected on the schoolyard and we bring that into our adulthood where yeah. we see a group of people and perhaps they're acquaintances. And instead of just walking up and joining the group, we immediately assume we're going to be rejected because it happened once before. It's already happened. Yeah. It's already happened. And, and then we, we reject before we can even be rejected. It's protection, right? It is protection. It's like, I don't yeah. want to go through that pain again. And I've, I've had, and it's so high level because if you think about the primitive brain, it's like, yes, stay away from fire, stay away from snakes, stay away from a cliff. That's bad. You're going to fall off and die. 
now it's it's so high level, but it's it gets in the way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It does. And and something that I always talk about with my clients is when it turn when when we talk about rejection or when we talk about people being accepting or unaccepting, it's how do you stop thinking about what they're thinking about you? Stop focusing on their feelings about you. What are your feelings about them? Yeah. How do you, are these people you want in your life? Is this genuine, like a relationship that you want to nurture when, when that rejection comes up or whatever that feeling is? And that can really be beneficial too. Like, what am I trying to get out of this? So. Absolutely. This is like one of the most fascinating conversations we've had. So I I know. I feel like (laughs) um, I want to go, I want to have you back and talk about so many different topics. But for now, let's take a break and we'll be right back with all of Shauna's tips for interpreting your dreams. Today's podcast is sponsored by Gunas, an independent fashion label with a cause. We've all been there, walking past a shop and your eye gets drawn to the perfect bag, but oh no, it just happens to be made of leather. And then you have to walk away. I mean, that's me. And that can be hard, right? Because we all want nice things. But let's face it, the leather is cruel. It's cruel to the animals, cruel to the environment, and cruel to the people who have to work with it. But with Gunas, you don't have to worry about the ethics because every single one of their beautiful, fashionable bags is 100% vegan and 100% sweatshop free. I like that. Guna's bags are made without any animal byproducts, no silk, no wool, no leather or fur. They don't even use PVC, nickel, lead or vinyl because of the harmful effects on our planet. Whether you're looking for a clutch bag, shoulder bag, crossbody bag, tote, wallet, flat bag or even a backpack, Gunas has got you covered with five collections of stunningly designed ethical bags. I mean, they've got the Glam collection, which is sparkly and glittery, and they've got the Angel and Rebel collections that Susie loves, which are super vibrant and colorful. And they work with any outfit, whether you're going to that cute little vegan restaurant with your man, or on a night out with friends, or just doing your everyday stuff. You can rock the vegan look with one of these bags. And of course, you know that we scored an exclusive discount for you, Food Heals Nation. Go to gunasthebrand.com, use the coupon code FOODHEALS, and get 20% off your order. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Shauna Krikorian. She's a certified clinical hypnotherapist and we've been learning so much Susie and I's minds are at least my mind is blown Susie you already know no it is I continue no but I continue to learn I mean I don't she knows way more about this than I do it's fascinating it really is yeah this has been a great conversation and so we mentioned dreams earlier Mm -hmm. but we really wanted to delve in some dream analysis so Mm. I know we can't possibly get to everyone's dream but can you tell us a little bit about symbolism and dreams and and really like how we can interpret some of our own dreams? Yeah. So dream, dreams are unique for everyone because we all have symbols that have different meanings for us. You can't just pick up a dream book where it says, when you dream about an apple, it means this, and, and it's universal for everyone. No, it's not. It depends on your relationship with that apple and what that apple means to you. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with dreams. So the thing to pay attention to, there's seven main things to pay attention to in dreams if you really want to analyze them down to like the, the you know, the T. First off, you want to pay attention to the stage of the night. If it's the beginning stage of the night, it's what we call wishful thinking. Wishful thinking is the, the, 
the time in the evening where you're letting go of the last 24 hours of whatever you've experienced. Your brain is accepting stuff. It's throwing things out. It doesn't need. Some of it will get digested and ingested into your psyche and you'll hold on to it. Most of it you'll let go of. Not that important in terms of dreaming and what it means. And you usually don't remember most of it. The second stage of the of the evening is it's the predicting stage where you're predicting things to come. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to happen. It's just your brain's way of it's it's processing and it's th- and it's going. Oh, this could happen. This could happen. And sometimes we do wake up in that. And we feel like we've just had some psychic premonition, and generally it it actually doesn't happen. It doesn't come true. Sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't. The last stage of the evening is our venting dream. This is the most important stage. This is when we're releasing things that fears, phobias, things our body wants to let go of. Sometimes it's a recurring dream and we have reoccurring dreams when they're things that we aren't processing when we're holding on, we're not letting go. Recurring dreams are, we can finalize and and complete reoccurring dreams when we understand why they're showing up. So it's actually, if you have a reoccurring dream, it is important to try and process and understand what is being shown to you so that the reoccur- your, your subconscious mind is saying, I need you to know this. Mm-hmm. So, and that usually happens in the venting stage. So anyways, so once you, if you're, you know, in the next morning you wake up, you always want to do this first thing because as the day progresses, it's very hard to remember the dream. So identify the stage, the venting stage is the most important and it's probably what you're remembering. The next thing you want to do is look at timing cues. Was there something that stuck out? So was everything present day, but then there was a friend of yours from when you were 12 years old walking around. If that is the case, this dream is probably about something that you're trying to let go of or understand from when you were 12. Mm. If there's nothing that sticks out that is from a different time period, it's probably more present. The next thing you want to look at is the symbolism. What is the content of the dream? Was it more literal? Was it just easier to understand or was there a ton of symbolism? Was there some fantasy? And then understanding what those symbols are and interpreting that. And often it can be a combination of both literal and the, the symbolism, the fantasy. For me, flying is empowerment and freedom. As a, mm. as a kid, I flew in almost all my dreams. Wow. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I still will fly. But I think because life becomes more serious and heavier, I fly a lot less. Sometimes I'm in my dreams and I'm flapping my arms and mm. I can't get off the ground. Ooh. And I And I know what that is for me. But it could be something different for somebody else. And I've had those dreams too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the dreams where I'm bouncing from treetop to treetop mm. and I'm flying and it's so fabulous and you feel so wonderful. Okay. So what that is, is it very, that is, it's a freeing feeling. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What if you're having flying dreams, but you're scared that you're flying? Ooh. Mm. I have a feeling what this, I have a feeling I know what this means. <laughs> but go ahead. I would think that that means that there is a fear of maybe success yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah. l- allowing. And the biggest fear, by the way, that we have in life, other than public speaking, because public speaking is the number one fear. Mm. It's a bigger fear than death. The, the, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah, public speaking. The other huge fear we have, like a top five, is the fear of success. Yeah. It's a bigger fear than the fear of failure. Yeah. So it might be spreading your wings and flying and lifting off and yeah. fears. What- I, I, that, that's what I was. Does that uh, resonate with you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think as a kid, 
I was really precocious. I was really good at a lot of stuff at a young age. Mm. And I and I was really sensitive. So mm. I started to notice that my friends were either mad at me if I was good at something or if I got 100% on a test or if I scored the winning goal. Like I was – so I would hold myself back mm. so that other people you wouldn't – You didn't want to shine. It wasn't that I didn't want to shine. I didn't want to make them feel bad. Yeah. And I could feel I was a kind of an empath. I could like, I could, that's why I became a, a healer. Like I can feel into people. You're so sensitive. A little too much, but I could feel into people and I was like, all right, well, no, I'll do, I'll do 91%. That's okay. I'll, st- I'll take a little step back so that you can feel okay. Right. And a part of that too is an on so that you can accept me because if right. I do too well, you'll right. reject me. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but that's, that's what I was assuming because I've had those feelings of flying and. And it's scary because yeah. I'm because I'm like I should not be flying right now. What is going on? <laughs> what about those other people who can't fly? <laughs> <laughs> and what about I have this one, and I'm sure Food Heals Nation has it as well. And Susie, let me know if you have it. If you've had it, but it's um being in class and not studying for the test, or I haven't been to class in months, and am I going to get an F? And there's mm-hmm. a lot around school mm-hmm. and and not not being prepared. Mm-hmm. And that is such a common dream. We all have dreams about school, whether we're showing up naked or we have to take a test. Or I don't. You don't. You don't. Okay. No. You know what I have? You know what I have that have? is my version of that? Yeah. I was a dancer when I was a kid and I was always loving to perform. And yeah. it's either I am about to perform a dance and I don't know the routine. Oh my God. Or I'm about to go on stage and I don't know my lines. But I've never had school dreams because I was but I, I was good at school. But I think that's almost the same thing. It's the thing. same thing. It's what it's a little you different. were it is. expected to do as a child mm-hmm. and be good at. I think mm-hmm. it's what you, well, I don't know. I'm, I had, I guess I had more performance. It's performance anxiety. Sure. It's yes. being yes. good at that. Because school yeah. was never, school was never a problem for me. It was mm-hmm. always, it was always that. It, I guess that was where I really resonated and wanted to yeah. be, wanted to shine. And how old are you in this? In the dreams? Yeah. It varies from like, yeah. like elementary school through high school. Yeah. So things like that can differentiate between it could be something from the past where you're still working out maybe sometime where you felt like you didn't do as well as you wanted to, or you felt like you'd failed and you're still trying to let that go. You're holding on to it. Or it can be something that's, it's a trigger, which is another part of dreams is we have triggers. Something can be going on in your present day where, you know, you have something coming up and you're nervous about it and you have that fear of failing or succeeding either way. And it's that trigger where it brings you back to that time in your life where you had to perform and you had that test and then you were nervous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. But yeah, I know that everybody has that. Yeah, we do. I have dreams. It's interesting that I'm on stage playing music, and I've never been on stage playing music other than piano recitals when I was a kid. But I'm up there, and I'm behind like a guitar, which I don't play, and I'm with some famous band, and I'm like, wait, why am I playing with Metallica? And I I don't know the guitar solo to Master of Puppets. Like, how did I get here? And they're all looking at me, and I'm like, "Uh, I don't know what to do. It's so random. Well, Shauna, let's talk about this, and let's maybe do a little analysis on the analyzer, because you are in music. I am in music. So we haven't talked about this yet. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your music career and what else you're doing. Okay. So, you know, my first love in life, I've had two huge loves in life. One, one of the, my first loves was music and my other first love was really just metaphysics, spirituality, spirituality, 
the healing arts, all mm-hmm. of that. I was raised in that kind of household. So that was that channel was opened in me very young. And I was also raised in a musical household. So I had both of those things going on. So young in life, you know, I was a piano player. I was into music. And, you know, when I got into college, I it became very clear to me that I was going to go into the music business. And I did. Out of college, I went and I became a music journalist. And then I went on to do management and touring. And I ran a recording studio And for the last 10 years, I've been involved with music licensing and publishing and working with artists to place music in visual media. Fabulous. mm -hmm. So I I do that. and I I love it. It's great. And about eight years ago, it became very clear to me that, you know, I needed to honor both sides of who who I am. And on top of wanting to work in music and around artists, I also wanted to honor my own artistry, which is in the mind in, in helping people heal their mind and in living a better and healthier, happier life. And I found my way to hypnotherapy and, and I went back to school and, and opened my practice. I love this story so much because it's such a testament to another thing that we always love talking about in the Food Heals podcast is, is how Susie and I, and a lot of our listeners want to screw the nine to five because Mm. we are all multifaceted beings with so much creative energy. And Susie is a voiceover artist. She's a podcast producer. She's an actress. She's a writer. She's a director. What else am I missing, Susie? Like, she's a massage therapist. She's a healer. Okay. Like, (laughs) but how many things? I just named 20 things. Yeah. Why limit yourself? Exactly. Honor all of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the same with me. I have so many different things going on that I feel passionately about. I could not limit myself to one nine to five. And I hate, hate, hate that so many people fall into this. And look, I know that for some people, that's what they want to do. And that's fine. Some people need that structure and the the paycheck. Of course. Mm -hmm. And and, And we're talking to the people that are going, you know what, there's so much more to me than doing this. And I even think of celebrities who are acting and then they also have a purse line and they also have a, a subscription box line and they also, you know, all and they're these singers. Exactly. And, yeah. a triple threat. And there's so much we can be in this world that to limit ourselves is really unless, unless there are some people that, that are fine, not with limiting themselves, but that's all they want to do is, is the one thing. But in general, there's a lot of creative people's who by limiting themselves are not able to be the full expression of who they are and are not able to give the world all of their gifts. Mm -hmm. And so I just like to encourage people to give your gifts to the Mm -hmm. world. And it might seem overwhelming or scary, but is that something that hypnotherapy can help with? Because it can help break open these blocks that we Mm -hmm. have about, oh, well, we have to make money and I have to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, or a salesperson or a Uber driver, because my parents said that I have to have this one job and that's all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And and that's not necessarily the case. So how can hypnotherapy help open up people who are, who are scared to take the leap into their creative selves in terms of their careers or in terms of like who they can fully be in this world? Hypnotherapy is amazing in that it can give you the courage to just break through that block and go for it. Just embrace it own it and go for it. And it also is really effective in helping with unlocking that the the creative spirit within, you know, like working with somebody as a writer or an actor or musician, whatever it is, painting, 
and just bringing forth your talent, bringing forth your art and, and, and allowing that shine to shine through. Because I've, I do believe that we all have that. We all want that. Even if we do have a sales job, even if we're sitting in a cubicle. So you have some outlet for creativity and some expression. I got to jump in here because I just bought Elizabeth Gilbert's new book. Love called it. Big Magic. Have Big you guys Magic. heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yes, they have, they have a podcast as yeah. well. It's very good. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Big Magic podca- okay, so podcast. I just started reading it and it's, it's what's so interesting is she did this TED Talk mm-hmm. years ago and it's very much based on that TED Talk or or the the seeds of this book were were buried in that TED Talk. And she, and it's big magic like how to how to tap into living a creative life and in the beginning she talks about it's not just if you want to make your living as an artist it means like being creative and tapping into what gives you joy. Yeah. And she gives a little tale about how her friend was a ice skater as a kid, but yeah. it became obvious that she was never going to be a champion. She wasn't going to compete. She just enjoyed it. But at some point in her adolescence, she's like, well, I'm not really competing, so I'm going to drop this. And she did. And then at 40, she's like, I'm going to freaking ice skate again because I loved it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what she means about creative, whether it be you are, you are an artist and pursuing the arts as a profession or you're just being creative in your life and following what makes what gives your heart joy yes and i totally agree with all of that i i think we overcomplicate life we know what gives us bliss we know what makes us feel good we we knew it is when we were five years old make this makes me happy this makes me unhappy follow your bliss follow the things that make you happy go down that road. Well, we get socialized. We get socialized and we believe that we have to live a certain life with a timeline and we have to hit milestones by certain ages. And for some people that works, honestly, for most people it doesn't. Most people need to live a, a more freer life. And whether or not they honor that or even acknowledge it is a different story. And that that's what true. creates neuroses and unhappiness. But, you know, let that go to, to all the... Food heals nations, listeners, you know, like embrace what gives you bliss, embrace what brings you joy and follow that. If that means you want to get a paintbrush and start painting in the evening, do it. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. Don't judge it. Just do it. Let it come forth. That is so beautifully stated. Thank you so much for saying that. All right. Well, I feel like this has been an amazing conversation. And as Susie told me before we started, we can't have Shauna just once. No. We have to have her multiple times because yes. there are topics that we haven't gotten to cover yet Yes, um, that she has extensive Pretty knowledge much. on and, and that fascinate us. And I want to do a handwriting test with you, Susie, <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens. And so, Shauna, please tell everyone you know, where they can find you online, how they can work with you, how can, how they can stalk you on Twitter and Instagram. Tell us all that. Yeah. So you can find me on my website at resourcehealing.com, all one word. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can email me for either a, a video session, Skype, FaceTime, or if you're local in LA, I have an office here. You can also find me on my social media. I'm on YouTube, Resource Healing, LinkedIn, I'm also on Twitter, which is Resource Healing without a G. Um, Resource Healing with a G was taken, but we're working that out. (laughs) Uh, Same with Facebook, Resource Healing without a G. And um, Instagram, I am Resource Healing with a G. 
Okay, so. great. Mm -hmm. So just to reiterate, if someone does not live locally, they can do a Skype session with you. They can. And it works great. Actually, the majority of my clients now, even the ones in LA prefer Skype. It's easier. They're in their, the comfort of their own home. We see each other. It's, it's actually, it's great. They don't have to drive through LA they traffic. They don't have to drive through <laughs> LA traffic and, you know, they don't have to deal with, you know, getting dressed up or whatever. They can be in the, their comfy PJs or whatnot. Mm. And there, and there we are. So it's very intimate that way. And a lot of people who are struggling with things have, have trouble leaving the home. So that's fabulous. And that's, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. And my dear friend, what is the giveaway that you are giving our fabulous listeners? So the fabulous listeners get two giveaways. <gasps> what? Ooh, two yeah. giveaways? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So sign up for my newsletter and at, at resourcehealing.com. Uh -huh. You'll see it on the homepage. Mm -hmm. And I will send you a free MP3, a hypnosis MP3 for relaxation. It's an anti-anxiety MP3. That's awesome. And the other one is if you email me to set up a session and let me know that you were listening to the Food Heals Nation podcast, I will give the reduced introdu introductory rate of $95. And, and what is it normally? Normally it's 150 Okay. So and is the nice email on your website? It is. Do mm -hmm. I get that as the host? You do. You definitely yes. do. <laughs> and, and for being super awesome. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Okay. I love the giveaway. Thank you so much for providing that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And can you leave us with a tweetable? Yes, I can leave with you with a tweetable. Love with an open heart and always dream big. Perfect. Love it. So if you like that, tweet it to Shauna at resource healing. No G. No G. Just, just healing. Healing. That's right. Tweet it to us. Keep at, it real. Yeah, keep it real. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation and use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your posts. Thank you so much, Anna, for being here. Thank you. This is a beautiful thing you're providing. I Until love it. Until we see you again. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.